What's up, Rob? Hey, how's it going? All right. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. He seems to be doing well. We are uh, joining you tonight with our first effort from a new um, recording app, Anchor. So we are having to jump in right away. We're not sure if we'll be able to layer in music later or anything like that. Um, but we do have some content for you tonight. Hopefully, we'll keep it yeah. short and sweet. We're both pretty excited about the spring game, right, Rob? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Coming up. Can't wait next week. Actually, have some real football to talk about. That's exactly right. Um, a couple notes at the beginning. Uh, as always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, and we're really excited to have a few things to talk about with Pale Fire. So, Pale Fire is sort of the headquarters for the Harrisonburg Dukes big event. Um, events coming up this week so this is the big jmu the alumni chapters all get involved in some kind of philanthropy uh over the next couple weeks and pale fire next week the night before the spring game is hosting the sort of kickoff happy hour uh from five to seven there in the berg so if anybody's down early uh and planning to tailgate for the spring game you can go over to pale fire and as always you can mention the jmu sports blog podcast and get a free pint glass um Find Zach and Laura Hitty, and they will uh, tell you what to do if you're confused. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. actually that Saturday morning, the Harrisonburg uh, chapter is doing a Blacks Run cleanup day. Uh, so the creek that we all know and love there in town, um, they'll be cleaning that up uh, Saturday morning from 9 to 12 and then headed over to the spring game. Um, for my Greensboro, Winston, High Point people, we don't have anything this year, but we'll be working on it this summer, uh, hopefully going to the alumni conference to figure out what we're going to do for next year and we'll certainly have an nc state tailgate slash caravan coming up on labor day weekend so with that we're going to do three quick things tonight um we're going to do kind of a a little fun thing that we don't mean in any negative way at the beginning about a letter many of us or at least all the season ticket holders received from jmu allegedly from jmu football head coach mike houston this week um then rob and i are going to do a couple things we're looking forward to from the spring game next week when we will, after the spring game, hopefully have some legitimate guests on again uh, to break down what's going on with the, with the ins and outs of the roster headed for next fall. And then we're going to, we've been having a lot of fun doing these dad, classic dad <laughs> moves. Right? Um, the last few weeks I told Rob, I was like, that stuff about your boys going to Harry Potter land is great. We got to do this again. So we're gonna oh, t- speaking of, just one quick yeah. thing as we go there. Um, I, I don't think I told you this. I meant to send you something. So I guess I'll just share it with everybody. My son's soccer game, my oldest, uh, is playing soccer. Youngest playing baseball. Soccer fanatic, loves it. Just a rec league, but, you know, good time. Little city league. The game got moved Friday night. We didn't know why. Then we got an email from the city. There was a sinkhole that swallowed up the goal. <laughs> like, and they said, like, oh, sorry, there's, there's a field issue. There's a sinkhole at Jefferson Houston. I was like, a sinkhole? And so me and the boys were like, what is going on, Jessica? You know, we're like trying to figure this out. We just thought like maybe a small pothole. Right. No, this thing, like it was like the entire six yard box <laughs> just went under the earth. It is freaky. I, I guess the construction company screwed up the drainage and all the water just pooled under one of the goals and it just collapsed and it's deep. It's not just like, Oh, you know, a little bit. It's, I don't know what we're going to do. It's going to be unplayable for weeks. City of Alexandria getting it done. Oh, my gosh. I hope they have some sort of recourse against this construction company because it was supposedly the second time it's happened. I mean, it's a good thing they weren't playing the game when one of the, like, nine-year-old goalkeepers was swallowed up whole. Oh, that's that was my boy's concern. What if this happens in a game and the goalie falls under, but my shot still goes in? Would it still count? And I'm like, I I don't know if if FIFA's really thought that one through. It's like the end of Caddyshack, like, if there's a massive explosion of the course, right? Yeah. I I was like, a freaking sinkhole. I don't know. So anyway, back, back to whatever it is we're talking about. No, I love it. So we, I think many, like many season ticket holders, um, Rob and I received a letter in the mail and we've been really happy with JMU's overall communication strategy. And let us preface this by saying, this is all in good fun. We are going to have a good time with this, but on March 20, dated March 28th, all of us received a letter. Uh, JMU obviously has, is trying to build off of the momentum of the last four years really um but particularly the last two with the houston teams and the back-to-back runs to frisco um by getting their season tickets out on the market as early as possible and as often as possible and i kind of read the letter and 
I found myself as I went through it laughing every other line thinking that's not really like like that's not what really what's going on here and uh so I, I asked Rob if he would mind if he would uh read the letter straight and I will chime in line by line with uh the going uh, uh, the real yeah. goings on of I'll the- be reading it for the first time all right <laughs> yes no offense to our good friends at um JMU marketing who do a terrific job yeah I don't really open a lot of mail these days <laughs> Like, if it's a bill, I'll open it up and check. But otherwise, it's like, oh, Jamie, I just I assume I'll be getting an email. And um, I'm not that great about opening those either. So I'll be reading this for the first time. Okay, I just, I just pulled it out of the, the, the not, yeah. Yeah, not junk mail drawer, but just <laughs> drawer I won't read. I, I mean, I um, will admit that getting stuff from JMU is one of the few things I enjoy opening. So yeah. I, read, I read the things that come in the big envelopes. Okay. I'm like, oh, that, that's going to be some sort of swag. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, whatever. I get too much mail. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, This is from Houston himself. Yes. Technically speaking, I now have Mike Houston's autograph, unless that is fake, which I'm sure it is. But I'll still give it to my kids anyway. Tell them them Coach Houston sent him an autograph. Okay. Well, it starts off and says, we had one heck of a year. That's actually a legit line right there. We had one heck of a year. We did. Yeah. Yes. JMU football turned its first ever undefeated and untied regular season in school history. Hold on. That is um, because another team, I think the 82 team, actually had a great season, but they had a tie. So we had to put in first ever undefeated, untied regular <laughs> oh, season in school history. Very specific. Yes. Won the CA title for the third straight year. Oh, okay, hold advanced. on. Because the first of those three titles was a three-way tie in which JMU was by far the loser of those uh, in the second Withershire. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. That, that was one of those like basketball first place ties. That's right. With four, four teams. Yes. And advance to Frisco once again. Don't remind us. Well, actually, I, I think it's – I'll go the other way, and I will be unusually positive here. Yep. I think it's cool that we now can just refer to things as Frisco and once the fan again. base knows what we're talking about. And once yes. again. once again. Granted, yep. this is season ticket holders, but it's kind of like there's none of this like, oh, you know, hopefully we'll win homecoming this year. That's it's right. very clear where, where the goal is. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm, I like that. I, actually, I really like this letter so far. Yeah. Um, even though we fell short of bringing home the championship trophy again, the future remains bright as one of the nation's elite programs heading into the 2018 season. And the only thing we need to, I mean, it, it can't, we have to insert in quotes, FCS between elite and programs right there. Right? Oh, <laughs> yes. I, don't know. No, I, look, I would argue one of the elite programs. It's a great product. I'm so happy where we are, but I just, you can't read that and not rethink it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. tomato tomato yeah. oh, oh this oh I, I like where this is going yeah i have committed to james madison university for the next 10 years because i believe in this program and these young men in our administration and our university and because it's a bigger pe- buyout when i go to wake forest <laughs> well maybe that too <laughs> i'm now asking you to make that same commitment to us mm-hmm. we could have not won 28 of our last 30 games without your support and oh, also awesome players and coaches and amazing <laughs> help at the university. Yes. Yeah. But that, that's actually legitimately impressive. And I hate to be the 28 to 30 is pretty, pretty damn impressive. Yeah. yeah. That's, whew. Yeah. And that was a constant theme of last year. Like I certainly kind of got lost up in the quest for uh, Frisco and going on, but just enjoying the moment. Man, that's, that's pretty cool. Yep. Okay. We led the nation in home attendance and in the rig, in the regular season, yep. and the electricity in Bridgeport Stadium was crucial in every home victory. You, you stumbled over the part that was important here, which is in the regular season, because I think what he really <laughs> wanted to say is y'all sucked in the playoffs. <laughs> Get your ass out to the stadium. Now, look, we know it's the holiday season. We know everything that makes FCS playoffs really difficult. And it does suck because JMU would have won the attendance title in FCS last year from the regular season. But they ended up with three home games in the playoffs, which is the best we could all hope, you know, three home games, four home games, a lot of home games in the playoffs. Yeah. Many That's as many as we could hope for. And it just, you know, that shuffled them down the, the final attendance tally because the NCAA is ridiculous in the way they count these things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, and again, I'm firmly on the Mike Houston bandwagon yeah. as you are, at least he's saying this rather than the students need to show up. Crowding, getting it done, and all that other crap. Oh, yeah, this is one of the two times he's going to say this in this letter. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, that's fantastic. It's like, you know, the carrot versus the, ain't my fault, you know, the the grumpy withers crap. Yes. Okay, where were we? Um, You created a loud, formidable home environment, and you supported us until the final seconds ticked off the clock. Okay, that's his actual only bald-faced lie. (laughs) 
in this event because <laughs> you did not support us until the final seconds ticked off the clock. No. Well, so, well, at least not all of you. He didn't say the fourth quarter. I mean, he might have been talking about the third quarter and then <laughs> everybody heads, heads to the gates. That's right. Uh, you can make a commitment to the Dukes by purchasing season tickets and donating to the Duke Club in support of our student-athletes. Yes, you can make a financial commitment to the Dukes. Yes. Yes, yes. Our home slate this year includes longtime CA rival William & Mary, as well as the second and third place CA teams in Elon and Stony Brook. I kind of like how we need to point out that they're good. Thank you, because <laughs> honestly, this because what they're really saying here, the, what's really going on in this letter right here, is he's saying, honestly, this schedule is freaking garbage, and we only have five home games, and we have to go to Norfolk State and play at Dick Price Stadium, and it's <laughs> ridiculous. And none of the people on the schedule this year, with the exception of William Mary, and then we have to tout second and third place teams, Elon and Stony Brook in this letter which is still hard to comprehend that they they are good like i'm such a stooge but i'm like hmm, yeah they, they, they are good teams <laughs> yes one of them would used to be the fighting christians like 10 years ago and the other one is a thing that we don't most of us don't actually know that it's a thing yeah yes who lost stacy bedell and whose quarterback to me was a completely overrated um, <laughs> bag of potatoes man that, that guy was nothing right um, okay which we faced in the second round of the playoffs last season mm-hmm. I am humbled by the support that you showed us last season, and I am now asking you to renew your tickets before the May 15th priority deadline in order to get tickets in 2018. And the only thing I can think of and be a part of another great season in 2018 is uh, is the is in Dazed and Confused when he's reading the right <laughs> yes. when he's reading the end of or the book they're signing. Yeah. Yes, and he's like, "Our goal of a championship <laughs> season in '76." Yeah, and yes. then and then Benny goes and picks it up. Yes. <laughs> Okay, final paragraph. Renew, and together we will show our opponents why they should fear coming into our house, our stadium, and our town. From the first snap to the last, we need you. We have our goal set. <laughs> Hold on. Again, from the first snap to the last, we need yeah. you. Because it's a, would it be a crime to stay for the important part of the game, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is a very politically correct way of saying, like, come on, people. Yeah. I, I'm doing my part. Yeah. Maybe you all need to step up, too. <laughs> We have our goal set to once again win the CAA, reach yes. the SCF playoffs, yes. and punch our ticket back to Frisco. Hell yes. Thanks and go Dukes. Mike Houston, Jamie, football head coach. And the GOAT. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. That's yeah. all. They could have just done like, hey, everybody, please buy tickets. Sincerely, Mike Houston, Jamie, football right. head coach. And I would have been like, coach knows what he's talking about. That's exactly <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Where do I sign up? Yeah. Or just been like, hey, dear Rob. Please reference YouTube for Coach Houston's, you know, pregame speeches. And I would have been like, all right, where do I go? You know, they, they could have done it. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, it's fun to joke about these it's things. It's great, yeah. It actually is one of the things, um, one of the many things that I like about Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he had hope, help with this. I mean, like, the, the public oh, yeah. affairs people and marketing. Um, but that just shows that they're really in, in lockstep with each other. You know, yeah. th- this is the tone. We're going to sound like a bunch of stooges and a bunch of homers, but that's what we are. But yeah. the tone of this is just so consistent with um, everything Houston is doing. So I'm sure he, you know, th- he probably did play a very large role in crafting this. Maybe not actually wording it, but this really street, um, speaks yeah, it to sounds like him. It yeah. sounds like him. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so on point. And like, I like the idea. I mean, these things are kind of, they're hard to pull off. And oh, yeah. most people like me probably don't read them. We're- but it's really cool that they're literally putting pen to paper and saying the goal is to win championships every year. Yep. Um, Punch our ticket back to Frisco. Yeah, like that's what we're doing. Yeah. Come be a part of it. I don't know. I mean, it, it is funny. And, and the shifting conference thing is always going to be something that sure. is a little bit of a hot button. Yeah. But it is kind of funny that you need to point out. like, And Elon and Stony Brook, who, remember, guys, were actually good. Right, exactly. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, the other two games this year i think are rhode island and towson and it, that's a tough schedule to sell so yeah, it's all it's it's weird it, it's tough for me to keep track of now i used to kind of always be able to do it um based on like richmond's home one year and william mary's the other and i think mm-hmm. delaware and richmond used to be paired but now we don't even get delaware every year right and we used to always play Towson at the end of the year and now we play elon which is great for me but i don't know that it's great for the fan base at at, at large but no, that was actually that used to be a fun roadie for for those yeah, it sure like was. in the DC I mean, area. DC area Dukes. It was a fun one for sure. Um, and look, I mean, I was at Elon this year and a couple years ago, and it's a really fun roadie for the a sizable contingent of North Carolina Dukes and a lot of people who make it down even from Richmond and stuff too. So 
that's a good one too. Yeah, we don't need I'm, to over complain about it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm okay with that. I, I yeah. like the idea of ending with the same team every year. Mm-hmm. Um, it just might take a couple of years. And now that Elon appears to be ready to be somewhat competitive, yes, um, they, they faded down the stretch a bit, but they they were a really good team last year. They got some big sure. wins, and uh, certainly oh, they than, they have the resources behind them to continue improving. Yeah, both, so both in terms of coaches and dollars. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, yeah. universe, the the sort of institutional support, absolutely, to, to continue doing this. They're they trending move, in the right direction. Right, they didn't move from the SoCon to the CAA for no reason. Yeah, they're trying now, to keep going up too. This is a bit of a side, but mm-hmm. we should dive into this maybe with like the the Chadwick boys one time. Um, mentions William Mary, you know, CAA rival. That was a really big rival for a lot of. Oh, yeah. They played JMU close, but that's a program that's kind of plateaued or, or dipping. Like it, they're almost in like a Penn state type situation or, or Florida state, you know, with the, one of these iconic coaches in Laycock who appears to have kind of lost his mojo a bit. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know that they, I, 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 I'm, they're one that I wonder about a lot, right? Cause have they changed or has the landscape around them changed? I don't you know, know. I, I don't, it's so funny because we look back and we think, wow, when we had these other teams in the conference, it was better and it was stronger. And yet there's no doubt. I mean, you look at the last couple of years, JMU and North Dakota State have separated themselves from the field. Yeah. And both of their conferences provide their only real competition. Yeah. You know, uh, until they get into the deeper parts of the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like in some ways, I mean, William and Mary, definitely one thing William and Mary does not do. William Mary does not change fast. No. As an institution, right? I don't know. Six, I don't know what actual year, but I know it begins with 16 yeah. when William Mary was founded, right? So they're not in a hurry to like keep up with the, the trend of everybody. And Laycock, I don't, I don't mean to criticize the guy. He's unquestionably been a terrific coach, you know? Sure. He had opportunities. I believe he didn't he agree to go to Boston College at one point, then uh, yeah, change his mind over the weekend or something. Mm-hmm. The guy's a great coach. Um, mm-hmm. He's done outstanding stuff, and he's been able to generate a tremendous amount of uh, kind of recent fundraising, you know, and they've got the yeah, Laycock Center. New it's stadium. Where, and... You know, they've actually got really good facilities. If you've ever been to – you've been to games. Yeah. I've been to games. It's a great place for a road game. Sure. It's a nice campus, um, you know, nice fans and everything like that. And it's just funny because they've really seen kind of a surge of resources pushed into the football program the past couple of years, and they're kind of trending down. And that basketball program gets zilch from the school. Yeah, and it's been consistently really good really and good. kind of knocking on the door without mm-hmm. anything. I mean, they don't – I think they share a, share a gym. Like, they, it's still <laughs> – right. anything. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to see. What, that's going to be a tough one to take over, but I got to think it would be an attractive job. I think so, too. And it, it's weird because they do – they have that old, like, community support yeah. in the Williamsburg area. Um, like, they're, they're kind of the old model of the CAA. Yeah. You know, and people like – JMU and to a, you know to a lesser extent a, a few other programs I mean I, th- I think about even even the things that Stony Brook and Albany and some of the newcomers have done to really step up their game over the last few years has been interesting to see yeah. and it's it's a different it's certainly a different paradigm than what William and Mary has played in for a long long time yeah. and I don't and to their credit I don't know if they really care like no, I mean there's still William and Mary yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's certainly it's bigger than football as every school is, but particularly in a school like William Mary. Um, Rob, I um, love what you. Yeah. It's just it's a game that I've always looked forward to, and it, they've always played Jamie well the past couple of years, mm-hmm. even. Um, but I don't know, it's just one of those things. Like I, I don't know if it's nostalgia or anything, but I'm excited about the idea of maybe William and Mary in Delaware being good again. I still want to beat them, but it's kind of more fun to beat them when when they're good. Yes, yes, it'll be fun this year when Delaware has high expectations again. Yeah. So, and Rob, I love what you said about the, the expectation being, we're going back to Frisco. And you wrote about this on the blog this week that you felt bad for asking the Jamie lacrosse coach, um, you know, sort of putting her on the spot about, is your goal a national championship before the season? And she said, yes, but we didn't know if that was legit or we backed her into a corner with that question. Yeah. Well, she, and she here they like, are. Yeah. She was like, well, well, you know, we just, we're trying to get ready for the season, but yeah, that's the goal. It's interesting to me. And you and I have talked about this at length. Like that question came from legitimate curiosity about like mm-hmm. what do teams really think? I wasn't a high level athlete. I mean, I played in high school, um, right. and we kind of had one of those teams that exceeded expectations. And I'm telling you, we did not talk about championships or winning our conference. It was like 
let's get ready for the season. And, and then things started to build, and then, like, the goals evolved. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, like, Houston, they're, they're at that level. It mm-hmm. sounds like his plays to acknowledge it. You hear other guys, you know, the Nick Sabans of the world are constantly going to downplay their chances. I was just curious, like, what do you do? Like, every, I assume every program goes on the season thinking they're going to win. Um, sure. But do they explicitly state it? Houston's a guy that is explicitly stating it. We yeah. are playing to win the national championship. Um, Coach Shelley has a program that is every bit in that, in that mix for a national championship, but appear to take a slightly different approach. I'm like, hey, we're going to be competitive. We're going to prepare for each game. But now, it's, I don't know, at this point of the season, what, they're 11-1. and one. Yep, 12-1, I think. And, uh, they're, 11 and, yeah. they're crushing. They've gotten off to a great start in CAA right. play. Just they've got three straight wins by double digits. Um, mm-hmm. They're number four in all the polls now across the mm-hmm. board. So they're every bit, you know, they're they're in the mix. They're one of the contenders. Oh, they're a Final Four contender. There's yeah. no doubt about it. And and if you get that far, anything is possible. Yeah. Um, and I think it's fun. I mean, softball has quietly built another big record this year. Um, I think I think you wrote about I don't know if it's Elena Romsberg or. Kristen Gaudian, who was again the CAA Player of the Week, yeah. Uh, CC Alexander for the Dukes was the Softball Player of the Week. Jamie Baseball had the Baseball Freshman of the Week. Um, there's a lot of good things going on right now, and to Jamie's credit, I mean they they are. I don't think that, I I don't know all the other fringe sports, but it seems to me that over the last two years, JMU has become the true heavyweight in the CAA, sort of around the sports landscape with the exception of men's basketball. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's crazy. Cause like softball set the bar so high. So the last high. couple of years. Um, and football has too. Yeah. And football has too. And it's the same situation. Like it's not that softball has fallen back down to earth, but they had their best player, arguably one of the handful of best players in the nation go down for the season. That's mm-hmm. a blow. Like you said, CC Alexander um, has pitched terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, she picked, I think she was actually pitcher of the week last week. Kate, oh, Gordon, Kate Gordon was player of the week. Play, there you, um, go. you know, so, so they're still, you know, I think they're eight and one in CAA play. They've taken some other losses. I mean, they're getting they're up out to like 26 and eight or something overall. Yeah. Yeah. And like excellent pitching versus, you know, record setting pitching. <laughs> it's just, right, it's, right. it's degrees of excellence. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to be in contention for like hosting, you know, the, the super regionals or anything like that, but they're still, in the mix to win the CAA, which is kind of the goal. After that, you know, postseason is, is different in every sport. And softball, well, it's not random. I mean, we've seen weird things happen. Um, but you oh, get yeah. yourself in position to go to the tournament, you know, you, you know you're in the mix. And then certainly next year, if Meg Nude comes back, this, oh, yeah. is, this is not like a program that's fallen off the map with the loss Mm-mm. of the coach. I mean, they're Mm-mm. right there. Um, you think about not, that's the other thing. Like, not only they lose good, they lost a coach, and they're still yeah. right there competing for a CA title. Mm-hmm. Baseball, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. follow it at arm's length. Um, I think they're right around 500. They're not off to a good and, and it kind of seems like much of what we witnessed with basketball mm-hmm. is happening with, with the baseball program. Like, Might be. You know, mm-hmm. Coach Ike had to really rebuild the pitching staff a lot. and. Um, got a lot of young arms. I think Nick Stewart was rookie of the week. He's a young pitcher. Yeah, was, so they, yeah. they've got some young young guys contributing, but it's just a matter of, you know, we're three years into Eikenberry and um, you know, this kind of hovering is they're okay, they're average, but not in CA play. You gotta see him move forward. We'd like to see him start winning some series and then maybe see some of these young guys next year, year you know, in his fourth year. You really want to see him at least make the CA tournament. You do. I, mean, I don't think. I don't think that's too much to ask. No. It seems analogous to, to the basketball situation where they kind of had to tear it down uh, to build it back up. Mm-hmm. We got to start seeing that build back up program. Yep. Or a portion of it now. All right. So now that we've gone around spring sports, we're going to do. Uh, we're going to go back to our old formula and do four downs. Uh, looking forward this week to the spring game next weekend, not this Saturday, but the what is that? The fourteenth. Yeah. So. Is that that's Saturday? Excuse me, that's... I'm messing that. It's this Saturday. Yeah, it is this, this Saturday. week. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. this Saturday. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Rob, you want to take first down? What are you most looking forward to, or, or I guess maybe concerned about, or excited about? Um, I mean, I guess the obvious one is going to be the QB sure. play, right? I mean, it's, it's, whichever one of us got to go first was going to say that. No need to be bashful about no. this. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm reading that all the guys are getting a lot of 
a lot of play and they're mixing them up. Um, if you read the tea leaves, it kind of sounds like Gage Maloney might be maybe a year away from mm-hmm. really competing for the starting job. Mm-hmm. But uh, Danucci and Kojo supposedly are both playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see them both play. Um, I liked what we've seen from Johnson. Uh, he's, he made some good throws, you know, limited action. But I was really impressed with the way he stepped in uh, on the road at Villanova his freshman year as a true freshman. Um, didn't really set the world on fire in terms of stats. But, you know, got the job done and played played pretty tough and then got the win next – the following week, was it against Elon as a starter? Uh, uh, pretty, yes. Uh, yeah, it was that yeah, final game. Yeah, the end of the game. Yep. Yeah, you know, year. it was kind of overmatched opponent, but still they he made some good throws in that. Um, last year kind of did a lot of mop-up duty. Um, the guy can make all make all the throws. Mm-hmm. Danucci, I'm, I'm really impressed with just the way that he's coming in as a walk-on and – um, supposedly he's done very well with kind of ingratiating himself with his teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, both guys have a ton of talent and a lot of talent to work with. So I'm just, I'm curious to see if we can really interpret and determine who's a leader. Like if one guy plays more with the starters or, or if we see anything like that, right. but also just to see how they handle things. Um, particularly if they make mistakes. One of the things that I loved about Shore was, you know, he was going to throw picks. Um, he was going to make mistakes, but he bounced back. You know, he's like Reggie Miller. It was always, mm-hmm. you know, ne- next shot. Um, that to me is really indicative of a guy that can that can lead the team. Mm-hmm. So while I don't want to see somebody go out and throw like be a complete train wreck, um, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the guy got in a little bit of a difficult situation. You know, not with a pick or anything, but maybe a couple third longs or need to battle after sack and see how he reacts and how his teammates react. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, with him. Yeah, and I, <clears throat> I think we've heard. We've heard little bits and pieces from spring camp so far about uh, Danucci mm-hmm. uh, being particularly strong with his legs. Yeah. You know, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, spring practice is spring practice. I think anybody who's been a part of that will tell you, you know, it, there's a lot of guys out. There's a lot of guys who had surgery. It's, there's guys you're working on different things. Yeah. It's, it's hard to know whether, okay, can he really, you know, is he really a massive threat with his legs? And I think it'll be exciting to see against, you know, actual full, full speed game, game speed competition. All right. Are, are we all, you know, is that rumor panning out or is that something that looks nice in practice when you're wearing a red Jersey? Yeah. You know? So yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of us are basing that off of that one highlight video that was sent out. We're right, all like, right. treat it like there's a pruder film. Right, right. And, and it looked like he kind of tucked and just went North South real quick. We're all mm-hmm. like, Ooh. Yeah. Like, Ooh. <laughs> extrapolating a lot from right. that, but uh, guilty as charged. I definitely did that. Yeah. My second down, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the D line looks. I think they may be the, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's some transfers in there, but that's a group that seems for the most part healthier. There's a lot of, groups position groups on the team that have had some guys sit out spring camp with various injuries kind of getting ready for the fall the d-line looks it's exciting to think about them that's a lot of guys who either redshirted last year or transferred into the program who seem ready to go and uh you know the o-line actually you know i mean to some extent is okay but it'll be exciting to see if the d-line really makes an impact on this game the, the at least the sort of potential two deep players um, I could, I, I just, I'm excited to see them, but I, I'm really hoping that they look like a dominant group out there, um, given who else is healthy and on the field right now. No, so, I agree. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, you got guys like Paris Black and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, John Carter. Daka coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited to see Daka. He's a guy that Michael was very high on. Michael Evangelista, mm-hmm. kind of our, our friend who's the big recruiting expert, was very high on, you know, when he was recruited. And I think he redshirted last year, but from what I've read, he's been making some plays. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting to see what he can do. Yep. No, that, and that's neat because that, that unit was kind of a definitely a strong point of Jamie's team last year. So there's some big shoes to fill, but it seems like they aren't really missing a beat uh, in practice thus far. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the group that we were unsure of after la- like after Frisco last year. Mm-hmm. And it sound you know early reports are that group looks really well reinforced. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. How about you for third down, Rob? Um, I mean, you just want D-line. I was going to say secondary, but that's kind of just – it's the same thing. It's just everything you said about the D-line, but just apply it to, to the secondary. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys out in the secondary still, I think. So, you don't know. We've heard – I mean, it looks like Rashad Robinson's not going to play. Um, you know, I mean, we've heard a lot. <laughs> Jimmy, I think, has been the star of camp so far. 
Yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly. Yeah, that's, you know. that's nice. But I'll go with Percy um, with running back. Oh, yeah. you know, taking advantage of the fact that Marcus Marshall isn't playing in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardon, obviously, isn't ready. So I'm just curious. It, Houston has consistently been mentioning how well Percy's been playing, how well he's running the ball. We saw him last year. Um, the fact that he played as a true freshman with that deep of a backfield, mm-hmm. I think, said a lot about him. Um, I, he – you know, in, in limited touches, he averaged, whatever, five, five and a half yards carry. Very talented. Right. I wonder if he can take this positive momentum and kind of enter, you know, practice in August with kind of a leg up on everybody else. I know Houston's going to give everybody a fair shake, but it will be interesting to see if he can kind of put himself maybe in that, that contending number one back role. Right. Um, and it's a good problem to have. It's not like the old Mickey days where you never know who the quarterback is. Right. It, no. It's fine being like, oh, wow, we've got three or four guys who could be, you know, the starting running back. Or we just go running back by committee and, and go to the hot hand. Right. It works either way. But I've just, he's the single player I've been most excited about in terms of somebody, from what I've read, who appears to be taking the biggest strides forward. And he already was pretty good. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? No, it seems like he's been the, the highlight reel of camp so far. Yeah. So that'll be exciting to see. Yeah, and my fourth down is uh, another guy we haven't seen on the field. Well, a guy we have not seen on the field in quite some time that I, I think will be back this week and is exciting to think about for next season is Demetri Holloway. Mm-hmm. So the, the redshirt junior linebacker from Newport News, um, you know, got a ton of playing time in the run two years ago. And then got injured, and we haven't seen him much of him. But the promise and the flashes that he showed in the 2016 run were exceptional. Yeah. And I think that that filling in that linebacker position, you know, with Gage Steele leaving and a little bit of turnover in that unit, I think, I think that, you know, he's a player that could be, if he's healthy all year, could be a name that we just, we talk about every week. Um, and I'm really excited for, you know, not just for the Dukes, but for him personally to get back out there and play a little bit. And all of us see that number two running around hitting people again. Yeah, he kind of had that, like you mentioned, Gage Steele. He was kind of like that Gage Steele or Stefan Robertson, like one of those guys who was mm-hmm. kind of, you know, edge-to-edge linebacker, could really get over there make a lot of plays. Um, he is a guy I think it would be nice to see him stay healthy for the whole year. Uh, he's got kind of game-changing talent and – Definitely has a motor on him. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, he was one of the guys up there at North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome a couple of years ago. Yeah. That just was enormous for JMU yeah. after some sort of all, when all that stuff was swirling with injuries and various off the field issues and stuff. Yeah. You know, he stepped in and was really, really important. So, yeah, looking yeah. forward to having him back uh, in, at full speed. Yeah. So, I think that about covers our preview of the spring game. We're going to do one more thing tonight. We've been having so much fun with all the dad talk. <laughs> that we're going to talk about, um, I guess, three classic dad moves from our own fa- two fathers. Um, we, we talked a little bit about our grandfathers a couple weeks ago, and we've talked a lot about Rob taking the kids to Harry Potter land and, <laughs> and getting swindled into oh, yes. just hundreds of dollars worth of wasted oh, you have no parental idea. funding. Yes. yes. But, um, Rob, what's, what's one thing that uh, Bob Abbott – is I, I guess would be a, a signature move. A signature move for my yeah. old man. Um, I guess he, I'll talk about this later on, but my dad isn't the strongest cook. Um, I guess <laughs> he, he can, he can make beef strong enough and nothing else. He lived in what was then the Soviet Union um, for a while. So I don't know, I guess maybe he learned that or whatever, but for him, that's only he can make, which is a really odd thing to make, but that is uh, an odd thing. So, it's so like, like somewhat complicated. For yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm like, I mean, I like to cook and I've made that before. And it's not the easiest thing, like, but that's all he can make, but whatever. So like my mom is a pretty good cook and she um, made all of our dinners and everything growing up. And my dad would, you know, do, do the dishes and still kind of do, does the dishes. You know, we'd clean our plates off and then my dad would get everything ready. Mm-hmm. And his move was like, he would do the dishes and then kind of on the sly, he'd be eating all the leftovers off the plate. Yep. Especially, like, I don't know, you, like, this was rare occasion. Can't, can't let things go to waste there, right? Yeah, exactly. But especially, like, on steak night with the family, you know, because my mom would oh, like, yeah. cut all the fat off, cut all the fat off, we'd leave it on the plates, and then my dad would just eat it all, you know, at the <laughs> counter. <when he> could. <laughs> and I remember my mom being like, what are you doing, Bob? And he'd be like, no, no, and he'd try to hide it. He'd just, like, 
you know, so, and in general, just kind of eating steak fat, I've learned as a dad is a very dad move. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, kids are kind of, the kids don't know any better. They think it's kind of gross and you can easily convince them like, no, you don't want that. It's not good. And then you just kind of grab it. And that was kind of my dad's move, like sitting there loading the dishwasher and just kind of <laughs> nibbling on the leftover crap that I had particularly um, little nubs of steak fat. That is fantastic um, because my one of my, the the one that didn't make my list, but I was going to say is my dad is a is also a culinarily challenged. Mm-hmm. He has when it comes to grilling things, he he has two two temperatures yeah. raw and destroyed. <laughs> yes, That's right. Hockey um, puck or um, yes, you know Jello. Yes, and the one the one thing that he fancies himself as a as a cook of is breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, but really breakfast was his excuse to get out of church occasionally. <laughs> like if he would wake up early and be like, I'm going to cook breakfast today. Yeah. <laughs> that would get us all out of going to church <laughs> from time to time. So that was one of his, but my, my other, my first one with my dad is I have two food related ones with him. Um, but one, and this is an intimidating dad move. He used to take an apple and put it in like a cereal bowl and take it up to his study with the salt shaker. Oh. I mean, he would take a bite of the apple and then dump salt in the exposed wound of the apple oh. and just, you know, it sucks it all up, of course. And he would eat an entire apple like that. I mean, did you ever try I'm, that? I, I don't. And I'm probably going to join him in the type two di- diabetic group oh. at some point. But needless to say, I think that may have had something to do with it. Oh, um, man. But watching that was just like, are you really just pouring salt into a an apple that's like that's it yes. i've done that i tried it for the first time ever i don't know it took me so long i tried sprinkling salt on watermelon last summer which, and it actually is good like everybody's like oh it brings it out and i was like whatever just a little bit not like you know, <laughs> no, 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 shaking not the... thing and it was pretty good but an apple oh, yeah i know that's that's ugh. that's intense yeah <laughs> so how about what about what what's well, the next one well, up for we, mr Abbott? We, we can stick with the food one and this wasn't like a repeated thing mm-hmm. but i distinctly remember one time um my mom was like at the beach or something like a girls weekend mm-hmm. and my dad was home with me and my two sisters and you know this was like i don't know early or mid 80s mm-hmm. one of my earliest childhood memories and my dad was making us dinner and so we had frozen pizza mm-hmm. and my dad puts it in the oven and smoke starts coming out and smoke things <laughs> went up with and he had slid it on like those card you know the cardboard disc oh, yeah. that comes that, under it the comes pizza? underneath yeah my dad put it in there in the oven. And like, I mean, this man has a freaking PhD from Princeton. And I guess he thought that like pizza came with some sort of magic inflammable cardboard. But he just was like, not only did like the thing catch fire, the pizzas burned, there's like smoke coming out and we're getting to like, don't tell your mother, don't tell your mother. You know, I'm not even sure if this was, this might even been like pre-dominoes. I don't know what we did for dinner afterwards. I do remember next year when it was like that girls weekend, we, instead of my dad trying to cook, we end up at the Vienna Inn with all the other dads. Of course you did. For yes. chili dogs. Your dad's like, let me get yeah. a beer and some chili dogs. Yeah. And it was like all the kids and all the dads and the kids, uh, we were playing the, that little bowling, the bowling shuffleboard game yes. and just drinking soda left and right. And the dads were, you know, whatever, drinking beer and having chili dogs, like you said. But, well, anytime yes. we can work Vienna in, into this podcast, we will do it. Oh, yeah. Without yes. a doubt. Yeah, because my my dad's other one was is my his second one is a is a is another food related one, and he started grooming my brother and I very young, that he could call us at say four thirty five o'clock when he was getting ready to leave the office, and he would casually ask, what if we had heard what my mother was thinking about making for dinner, mm-hmm. and I learned it took us many years to figure this out, but what he was always waiting for was. If she was making fish, and particularly in my mother's fish, this thing from the 80s that I don't think actually is a real fish called orange ruffy. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a very 80s. Yes. Yeah. And my mom was like, oh, this is healthy. We're going to make orange ruffy. And my dad would then not ask to talk to my mom that night. And then he would magically show up with Popeyes. And he'd be like, oh, I thought I was helping out. I wanted to bring <laughs> dinner tonight. <laughs> and of course, my mom's like, damn it. <laughs> and he'd be like i got everybody food tonight <laughs> that's awesome yes. and, and that is a very it's a classic dad move right there right yeah. Yeah. And, and you know as a guy with two sons i can <laughs> see that kind of like trying to 
take the temperature of like, hey, hey guys, what are we doing? What's going on? And trying to smooth it in. And right. I could see my boys similarly not getting it, what I was getting at. So. We're like, is it steak night? No. <laughs> what are we making, fried chicken? No. <laughs> well, then, um, what, what's your mom making? She's doing something unique tonight? <laughs> We'd be like, oh, I think she said something about orange roughy. My dad would be like, okay, well, um, I'll be home in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, we'd be like, do you want to talk to mom? He'd be like, no, no. just tell her I'll be home soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on the way. Right. Then he shows up with a bucket of Popeyes and a bunch of biscuits. Like, I brought dinner tonight. I thought I'd help you out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that um, in grad school. I had, we, I don't know what, what law school is like, but in business school, like your first semester, they put you with a distinct group of people that you need to take all your classes with. You got to do all oh, yeah. study groups. Right. And I was with, you know, great bunch of people. Um, still keep in touch with a couple of them, but they were a little more serious than I was. Like, these were people that were going for, like, Wall Street. These are non-JMU folks. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we'd have meetings, you know, like, study groups. They'd plan them for, like, 8.15 on a Sunday or something. Morning. Uh, Yeah. And so my move was, like, I would inevitably be out till... The bar stayed up until 4 in Atlanta. So I'd be out till 4 and then Waffle House. So I my alarm would go off at eight fifteen. Like crap, I knew it was gonna be late. And I'd just show up with donuts and be like, "Oh, I was late because I was getting everybody donuts." And they were like, "Shut up, we know you're out." <laughs> they're like, I don't know. I was like, uh, uh, "No donuts, though, guys." And they're like, yeah. "We're on to you." And I was like, "Just eight fifteen in the morning. Right. What are we doing?" You know better than that. Come on. Yeah. So, uh, is there one more move at the top of the of Bob Abbott? Well, I'll, I'll get one. It's so okay. sincere. Like, um, Todd, as you know, like. We, we both grew up in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, you wouldn't know it now, but in the 80s and early 90s, this was a very, very intense um, Redskins town. I mean, still yes. intense, but like with a lot of good reasons. They were an excellent team, championship yeah. level. Right. Um, my dad and I are Giants fans. My dad grew up in Queens, mm-hmm. uh, raised me to be, you know, better oh, yeah. than, the, than the people like you, <laughs> Redskins fans. Um, but it wasn't all easy. You know, yeah. I mean... The NFC East, with the exception of the Eagles, you know, they, and I guess the Cowboys didn't win when we were kids either until the 90s, but, um, very Don't intense. Forget those Neil Lomax Cardinals. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, I forgot about that. Being this, yeah. But it was very intense, but it, so mm-hmm. my dad and I kind of always bonded over the Giants. We'd go to games and then it continued, like, even now, um, like Sunday afternoons after every game, my dad, you know, my dad will either call me or I'll call him after big games mm-hmm. and just go over. Same thing happened with the Mets. And, my dad was kind of infamous for growing up for every year getting frustrated and being like, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm not rooting for the Giants anymore. <laughs> and now he's doing it. We're like, I'm just, once Eli leaves, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. But so I'm one of these many calls um, when the Giants won one of their Super Bowls and free Redskin fans, that's what happens after <laughs> the regular season when, when uh, you go on. Um, I wish I had something to retort with, yeah. but I don't. Yeah. But I remember my dad, like, I think it was after they beat, the Packers uh, for the first one okay. you know, to, to go and, right. and my dad called me immediately and we're talking about the game and he's chatting and here I'm his only son and he's talking to me and he's like oh my gosh he's like I guess I should always I, I need to tell you this he's like I've always thought of Eli as a son and I was like what? <laughs> and then he's like oh oh his pressure's going on and he hangs up on me <laughs> to go talk I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I wasn't even mad. I was like, it's all right. I was like, I've always always thought of him as a brother anyway. But it was just so bizarre. He was like, I've just always thought of Eli. You know, it was like the son. And thankfully, he didn't say the son I never had. Or the son who made it. Yeah, the son who made it. But he was like, oh, he's like, his his pressure's on. I got to go. And then just click. And he was gone. Oh, that's so funny. To him, that was just like a totally normal thing to do. So... (laughs) That's awesome. So, but that's that. So the, the but the more sincere part is just that ritualistic like every uh every Sunday talk my dad about the game or when it's really bad, which it has been for a couple of years, like with the Mets or Giants. Although I'm not doing great this year. I will get a call from my mom being like, Dad, did something happen with the Giants? <laughs> Are you okay? He's like, he hasn't watched a game in 20 years because I know he paces in the front yard and oh, yeah. watching. Oh, we but, a lot of yard work got done. In, yes. in our in our house growing up because he'd pace and then come back in and turn on the tv and i do the same thing it's like yeah. it's the worst you know as you grow old and you become your parents i'm that way like I, when the giants when it's an exciting game mm-hmm. that's when like i start cooking or something on sunday and the boys watch and then they'll come in and tell me like no they scored you know, i'm awful i'm the most nervous <laughs> fan and i blame my father for it that's awesome yeah my last one's a fairly sincere one as well um 
playing many of a, I don't know, many, many weekends. And Rob, you're, you're just getting into this period with your boys, I know. But my dad and mom spent a lot of weekends apart, one with each of my brother and yeah. I, mm-hmm. going to various sporting different events. Games. Yes, yep. different tournaments in different places. Um, mom often going to Virginia Beach with me because she claimed the Virginia Beach tournament every year. <laughs> she was not going to Long Island with my brother's team. Um, but my dad's favorite thing is if we had like an 8 or an 8.30 game. Uh, you know, if we had an early game and he had to rouse us up and we get up and we get in the car, you know, there's one time when you're a kid, the only time you get to ride in the front seat is when you're, uh, I don't know if you ever get to ride in the front seat anymore, but was when you're only with one parent, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, if you're all in the car, you sit in the back, but you know, you sit in the front with my dad and we're driving out to some 8 a.m. game out in Sterling or somewhere. And my dad would be like, you got to get your blood flowing. You got to get warmed up for this game. And he just thought it was the funniest thing. He would reach over and like grab my leg with his giant dad hand. I don't know, like, you know, mid thigh and just squeeze so hard. And he knew that it would just, I mean, A, it, it hurt a little bit, but B, yeah. it was also, he just made us squirm, you know? And, uh, and he just, and I know he just thought for him, it was just the funniest moment, right? It's 7.30 in the morning and I'm half asleep and he's like, come on. Yep. And he's all riled up. He's got his giant coffee from 7-Eleven. He's mm-hmm. ready to go. And it, it just was a great, you know, looking back, I'm like, he was really having fun that he was, he was like, God damn it. I got to be up at 7.30 on Saturday. Take this kid out to Sterling for some game. They're going to lose by four goals. Yep. Right. Like I might as well enjoy it. Oh, yeah, I might as well yeah. get my humor wherever I can. You got to yeah. mess with them. Yeah. 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 So it was pretty great. But um, I think that about takes us out. Rob, you got uh, anything to take us away with? Uh, no, just thanks to Palefire once again. Mm-hmm. I'm always caught off guard here. You're always like, oh, and it. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you very much, Palefire. And enjoy the spring game, everybody. I will not be there for reasons you just kind of explained. I will be at kids' sports games this weekend. Yeah, um, not. But but it's supposed to be terrific weather from what I've heard. Sure, and uh, definitely get get a little tailgate going on the Nod Godwin Field. Uh, yeah, we. I, I noticed they didn't bring that up. Yeah, um, I meant to actually sit up tonight for uh, you know, putting aside all the negativity about this. So there's no parking exemptions this year. So they're going to wait and see what all the Godwin if there are. I mean, there are going to be somewhat less. I think about thirty thirty five less spots on Godwin this year than there were in the past because of the paved lot. So I don't know how, I don't know the exact numbers. Don't quote us on that, but obviously some of those people are going to be pushed out to other areas and Hanson field is going to be where they do the JMU activities now. So whoever so there's was no parking there, yeah. right? So there's no parking on Hanson field. So there's going to be, you know, some not insignificant number of people with higher donation levels who are pushed out to other lots. Presumably those people will go to P-Lot or to down by the baseball field or to the parking deck. Um, and then those people that have been in those places where those new people go will be forced to choose other places if they were full. Um, I've been in D-Lot the last couple of years, which is the newer lot. If you take the tunnel from the end of P-Lot under, the, under 81 to the bottom of the convo, the tennis courts, the new tennis facility is up there. There's a tennis bubble up there. And there's a new paved lot, fairly new paved lot. And I debated whether to say anything about this, but it has not been full um, the last couple of years, but it's kind of a mid-level donation level lot. And there's a fun. It's a great of, spot. You got it's a great, a great spot in terms of view and proximity to the stadium, proximity to P-Lot and to Godwin Field for the bigger tailgates. Even um, just the way it's set up, like if you're the type of tailgater that likes to toss the football or anything, sure. Like there's wide lanes in the parking lot. There's even some yeah. grass. I mean, it dips down, but yeah, a lot um, of space in general. Yeah. Um, and a, and a good little, you know, there's not many good people. crew, right? But there's a good little, you know, there's four or five sort of tailgates that set up. And I'm hoping some point this summer we're going to have on one of my tailgate neighbors, who is the JMU archery coach. Um, and it's a good place. So if any of you guys get kicked out of P-Lot or R4 or whatever those lots are, don't hesitate to move up to the lot with us. We'd love to have you. Well, like it, I, it, unquestionably, it stinks for people that are going to get kind of displaced, but I think it's going to be a better thing for the overall tailgating experience. You know, I kind think of so, spread out. I think instead of having, you know, a couple good lots, um, you're gonna, people are going to kind of branch out. Um, you might have that whole hillside area 
Kate Good, which I think is kind of a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. I know it's, oh, yeah. people, it gets a little bit further, but that's still, those are great. Um, oh, yeah. That lot down there by the past the tennis courts is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's yeah. awesome. Um, mm-hmm. It wouldn't be bad if even like D2, up, you know, the cheap ones, there's, that's gotten better over the years. Yeah. But it's mostly like a park and then head down to Pilot type of thing. Yes. Um, and a lot we'll of see. sort of individual game people up there. Yeah. Which is good. Which is great. More yeah. I'm just like, I think the Godwin thing, it'll be a tough transition. But the plants are really nice. They do. I think the people that stay in the Godwin lot are going to be perfectly happy. Oh, it's, it's right. The, there's a it's lot the of two dozen people that get bounced out. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think there's a lot of green space still. They're making bigger spots that are specifically mm-hmm. designed for tailgating. Easier um, to get in and out. Of. Yeah. Rob and I aren't trying to be Jamie apologists here, but they're creating 155 parking spots for faculty and staff 364 days a year. Right. <laughs> Um, and we've been sorely, we, sorely needed yeah. for a long time. And yeah, that's, that's a tough, you know, so they're going to go, they're going to have 155 spots in there. And, and I, I get people being upset that it's sure. going from grass to paved, but it's still, if you look at the plans, it looks like it's nice. They do. They've, they've got it. Like you said, bigger spots and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just tough, right? Those three or four sunny days a year when you get to be on the grass, there's nothing better. Yeah. It's a, you know, a more enjoyable experience than just being in a parking lot. But you're not going to get displaced if it rains, though, on a Friday. That's right. You're you know? not going to get moved out. And the other 330, whatever, 360 days a year that JMU needs to use that space for something other than a practice field for club sports, you know, <laughs> I, I, I get We get it. So um, if you're looking for new spaces, obviously a lot of people, you know, if I were getting kicked off of Godwin and had to move somewhere else and had the financial donation to do it, I'd, you know, be right there in the front of P-Lot. But as people get filtered down, come up and join us in D. So, um, with I, I that, actually, I mean, yeah. P-Lot is good. I actually might, you might even prefer D. I'm sorry. That'll be outrageous for a lot of people, but um, I don't know. It's kind of easier to get out of after the games. That is true. I mean, D-Lot is definitely a kind of tucked away one that's pretty easy in and out. Over and, there by, and I yeah. like the idea of setting up kind of a D lot or D two or combo, mm-hmm. having a little atelier, and then migrating down and stopping to see friends. At yeah, that's been my P lot or Hanson. That, that's kind of the the game day experience for me, like the progressive tailgate. Yes, I these really two years it. of P, yeah. of D lot. That's been my my mo for sure. Yeah. Um, and we've had fun up there. We can do you know we have a lot of space up there in D lot to do a lot of things. Like we've done the oyster roast the last two years, mm-hmm. and kind of been able to really you know nobody's going to tell us to move crap up there don't go beyond your space um because there's so much more space so yeah i mean either way um i don't think there's a there's no bad place in the berg it's always it's always sunny in harrisonburg on a game day so unless it's one of the days where it's raining and smells like dog food it's still sunny all right rob i will talk to you next week and um to everyone out there, hopefully this will be up tonight. We have no idea if there will be music or anything like that accompanying it. But we'll have this sorted out to have a real guest who attends the spring game and has much more expertise than we do next week. Yes. <laughs> and thank you all and go Dukes.